Thank you, Mandy. I just love that last song we sang, don't you? And I love the line, nothing compares to the promise I have in you. There's so much in that promise. Nothing, absolutely nothing compares to it, does it? Let me just pray quickly before we start. Father, in the stillness, may we turn our scattered senses to you. Thank you for those songs that helped us to focus on you. And now in this time, may we have ears to hear what you have to say to us. And I pray, Lord, that you will take these words that I've prepared that uh, you gave me to say. Lord, will you speak through me with power and authority, I pray. And may these words speak to people, to their hearts. Lord, because they are your words, I pray, Father and Holy Spirit, that you will come now and meet people's needs. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. There's been a theme that's been coming up for me over the last few months, virtually since the new year. And um, it's abide, abiding in Christ. And I've been mulling it over and uh, doing some research and reading various articles and blogs. And one quote really inspired me. It says, if you have confessed Jesus as Lord, the Holy Spirit already resides within you. So you already have what is needed to abide. All that remains is for you to learn to intentionally abide. Abiding in Christ means that we are continually mindful of his presence, that we, are willing, that we, sorry, that we willingly open ourselves to him each day and that we communicate with him as we live throughout the day. I just thought that was so, so good. So my thoughts that I share with you today come from wanting to learn to intentionally abide. The concept of abiding comes up a lot in the Bible. It's usually using different words than abide. Abide's quite an old-fashioned word these days, isn't it? But there's a note in my study Bible on um, John 15, and we're going to read from that later. But the note says, abide comes from the Greek word meno, which means stay, abide, or remain. And in lots of places in the Bible, words such as live, remain, dwell, rest are used, but the concept is the same. In Psalm 15, David writes, Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? And then in Psalm 23, we read, we, um, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And Psalm 62, yes, my soul, find rest in God. Psalm 91 has, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And then into the New Testament, 
The Apostle John, in particular, talks about abiding. So let's look into chapter 15, and I'm going to read verses 4 and 5, and it's from the New Revised Standard Version, because in that version they still use the word abide. In other versions it's now been changed into remain, but it all is the same meaning. So let me read. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. To quote from a commentary on this, It sounds so comforting, abide in me. Christ invites us to abide in in him and in his word and love. It's a more old-fashioned word, abide, and the meaning offers such peace, rest, and safety. I thought that was just lovely. I think that's why I'm drawn to it, because the thought of peace, rest, and safety is... um, something we all want to feel, isn't it? But how do we abide in Christ? How do we intentionally abide, as it said in that first quote? We first recognise that we can't do it all by ourselves. As Jesus says in verse 5, apart from me, you can do nothing. We recognise that it's only through God that we can produce fruit. It means we fully attach ourselves to him and rely on him to give us what we need. Just as the branches on the vine cannot live and produce fruit without being attached to and relying on the vine. So here's a little test for you. What fruit are we expecting to produce? As Christ by the Holy Spirit lives in us, and we abide in him, we produce the fruit of the Spirit. So a little test. What are the fruit of the Spirit that are listed in Galatians? Love, gentleness, gentleness, patience, patience, self-control, kindness, goodness, joy. I think we're there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Two more. I did this when I was doing Sunday school and I told the kids to learn it. I didn't learn it, I'm awful. Right, it says, we've had patience. Let me read through. In Galatians 5 it says, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. When we abide remain, live in Christ. We produce these in our life. Abiding isn't a feeling or even a belief. It's a verb, a doing word, an action. Jesus invites us into relationship with him. We need to stay connected to him. Connection is important in a relationship, isn't it? You have to work at a relationship. A friendship won't grow and last if there's no connection. 
If you don't spend time together, connect regularly. Maybe in person, maybe by text. If the person lives a long way away, that's often the way. I've got a friend who lives in Devon. I haven't seen her for years, but she's still one of my closest friends because we get in touch regularly. Maybe you send an email, maybe even an old-fashioned letter. There's still something special about receiving a letter, isn't there? The same is true with Jesus. We need to spend time with him. In his word, the Bible, in prayer, just talking to and with him, being aware of his presence. Connecting isn't a one-off event. It needs renewing every day, regularly. The prophet Elijah learnt this lesson. He learnt to position himself to listen to the Lord. You remember the story where he has run away, afraid of his, for his life after Queen Jezebel wants to have him killed after he's won a victory over the prophets of Baal in a spectacular display of, display of God's power. God finds him in the wilderness gives him sustenance and gets him to a mountain where he meets with him. Let me quote from some notes on this. Elijah needs a new perspective on life and on God. He receives that when he positions himself to listen to the Lord. There he discovers that God isn't always to be found in the wind, earthquake or fire, in the excitement of life. He's found in the quiet. Elijah hears the gentle whisper of promise. Having heard God, having a different perspective, Elijah returns from the wilderness with fresh life and fresh purpose. The writer goes on, we often find it hard to rest, to take a break from our daily routine. But if we don't factor in periods of downtime in our often hectic lives, we run the risk of burnout. If we aren't careful, life with all its stress can edge out our quiet times with God. Times of simply listening to him just enjoying being with him rather than working for him. Spending quality time with God is crucial. Jesus knew that. He did it. Mark 1.35 tells us before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. So how much more do we need to? Listening to the gentle whisper refreshes us, gives us God's perspective on our busy lives or lives that, for whatever reason, have lost their joy. I found that quote really helpful. I've had a struggle for the last month or so. Our daughter and son-in-law have had to move in with us and that has been incredibly stressful, trying to get room for them and trying to get all their stuff from their flat to ours, and just finding time to be on your own when suddenly we've doubled the number of people in the house. Finding time even to write these notes has been hard. And we have to make that time. We have to consciously 
put ourselves in a position where we've got time with God. If we want to get to know God, we have to purposely position ourselves to hear from him. He's ready and waiting. Revelation 3.20, Jesus says, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. What better way to get to know someone than sharing a meal with them? It's what we do here in the morning, isn't it? Getting to know each other over a meal in the presence of God. If we want to be in relationship with Father God and his son, Jesus, we must prioritise time to spend with him. Let's go back to John 15. The branches of the vine rely on the vine for their life-giving sustenance. The branch depends on the vine. We need to learn to rely on God. Bring everything, every circumstance before him, trusting him, resting in him. We must stay by God, connected, depending on him, trusting him in every walk of life, every day. That's how we grow in our faith. It's the only way to find the abundant life Jesus promises in John 10. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Stay connected to the source of life. When we abide, remain in Christ, we're continually mindful of his presence, willingly opening ourselves to him each day and communicating with him as we live throughout the day. Let me finish with another quote I found. The result of this constant communion is the fruit of righteousness, a life that is pleasing to God and a joy to us. As Christ abides in you, work at abiding in him. And once you have cut a pathway to the feet of Christ, walk on it so that it becomes a well-worn path. I think that's just a lovely picture. You think of um, in your own garden maybe, or when you go out for a hike and you can see the well-worn path. And I just love the idea of uh, that's, that's the path that's leading me to Jesus. The well-worn path in my life is when I have cut that pathway to his feet by wa- working on abiding in him. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for salvation and my new life. Thank you for your word that is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I pray that you open my eyes to the things you want for my heart and mind. Strengthen my faith as I seek to abide with you. Father, I cling to your faith, your truth today and believe its power in my life. Help me to hear your voice calling me into your presence. Thank you for being a God who calls us into a a loving relationship with you. May I never take that for granted. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.